on Life to the Fullest podcast where we focus on how we can improve our physical health so that we can enjoy the life God has called us to, to the absolute fullest. Hi, ladies. Thank you for joining me today and for tuning in. Thank you for always tuning in, those of you who are here all the time. And welcome to those of you who are newer. I'm excited you are here. Welcome to our little community. It's so fun to get to chat about things, health and fitness with Fellow moms, many of you, I know some of you are not, and that's awesome too. Actually, this podcast episode, probably most of you are moms if you bothered to listen to one talking about how we approach healthy eating with our kids. But I also think it's wonderful, those of you who are preparing to hopefully become a mom, where you're just getting a jump on things. I've always been like that, where I'm always reading or researching the next stage. Like, I do enjoy the stage I'm at, but. You know, when I just had a baby, instead of reading a bunch of baby books, I read books about raising young boys because it was like, well, that's where I'm going to be in a couple years. And before, you know, I was, we were engaged and I was reading marriage books and things like that. So if you're listening and you're just kind of trying to prepare, I think that's awesome. And many of you who do listen to the podcast are in that phase of life where you are maybe about to get married or newly married or whatever. And you're looking down the road thinking like, I would love to set the best foundation I can for my kids. And I think that is wonderful and, you know, commendable that you're trying to do that. So this podcast episode comes from a question and I talk about it a little bit intermittently on this podcast anyways, but a wonderful listener had a question about how I personally talk about nutrition with my own kids. Um, as her oldest is four and she was saying that she does not want him to, you know, look at food as good or bad or, um, you know, just trying to head off a healthy relationship and and encourage a healthy relationship with food and didn't want to err on the side of like being super restrictive or things like that. So I just wanted to share, I was kind of trying to think about just basic pillars that my husband and I go by, whether or not we've actually ever discussed these or really like lay it out with our kids. It's more of the general vibe and tone of our home. We could obviously talk about uh, fitness with our kids too. And I think we've maybe, I, I think Ben has joined me for an episode on that before. Um, and maybe let's scroll back through because maybe we've even talked about nutrition <laughs> specifically before. I don't remember, but I am having flashbacks and deja vu thinking of he and I sitting down and talking a little bit about our family environment. But it, I do think that first of all, it's always that. I think the environment is the biggest factor more than Anything that you can say in any conversation, like think about you personally and maybe the way you grew up or if you went to school or just the people that had influence on you, you may or may not remember a couple of the things they said, but you definitely remember the environment, what the environment was like and how they acted. And I think that's a much bigger piece of this. So I think overall, no matter what you're directly saying to your kids or around your kids, What's going to have the biggest impact is what you're actually personally doing. And then, yes, words are a part of that because that is obviously we are shaped by words. And if they hear you, you know, saying, oh, I shouldn't eat the second piece of cake because I'm so fat or I'll have to run tomorrow or something like that is going to have a very negative, you know, that will probably have staying power. We also remember negative, I think, typically more than we remember positive. So uh, I just jotted down some pillars and I think one thing I want to say before I really get into, I did make a little list, but in general, my husband and I are on the same page with that we are the gatekeepers of our homes. So home, <laughs> we have one singular home, just to clarify, <laughs> gatekeepers of our house, of our home. And so 
we feel that we will, you know, with pretty much everything, we're the boss, right? We're the bosses. And we try to give reasonable choices. We try to explain the why and things like that. But there are certain areas where we're just going to hold the reins until kids individually are mature enough to make reasonable, logical decisions on their own. So for example, I I would never let my sons just watch whatever they want to watch on TV and just, oh yeah, just go to Netflix and pick a show. Like that's going to be a disaster waiting to happen. And that's not going to happen. However, I can go to Formed, which is a great Catholic, uh, not like, I guess it's a channel. We have it on the Roku. So anyways, and I'll say, hey, what do you want to watch today? Brother Francis or Benjamin Cello or da 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 Those of you who know what those are, you're probably laughing along with me. And not to say my kids don't watch other shows because they do. They watch Wild Kratts and other things. Superbook I've talked about on this podcast before. That's on Amazon Prime. But I don't just open up a channel and say, what do you want? You know, I'm going to form it. I'm going to make sure that I am curating what they are picking from. And it's the same way right now with nutrition. Like they are not at the stage where they are picking what they want for lunch. Not like, yeah, go make yourself lunch and I'll be cool with it. But I will say, I think I actually made this one of the numbers. I will say like, you know, would you like a clementine or a pear? But like they're going to get one of them. Or do you guys want carrots or peppers today? Or I'll put out the choices so even a step further they can feel like they're literally picking it. I like to do that a lot, especially like in that time right before dinner where I'm maybe making dinner or we're waiting for the dad to get home so that we can eat together. And I'll put out kind of like a charcuterie board of nuts and some fruits and some string cheese or something like that so that they can kind of graze and pick. And then they always think that's really fun because they, again, have the choices. So I'm cool and both of us are cool with giving our kids choices. But we, at the end of the day, are the decision makers. And that's just how it's going to be because I think some people try to be way child-centered on this. Like, well, I'm just going to let them do what's best for them. And I don't know what three-year-old is going to really self-moderate well on cupcakes and things like that. If you're like, yeah, just you'll stop when you decide you will. I don't think that's the way to do this. So I just want you to know what our you know perspective is going into this. But just some kind of staples we go by. Number one, and I'll just speak personally since my husband isn't on the podcast. I'm going to stop saying we, but I talk to them like I would anyone else. Just scaled down to their level. Okay, so I think of this a lot and I'm not at all trying to be condescending or patronizing to my clients because I love all of you. But I'll think of that sometimes when I'm talking to my kids. I'm like, this is exactly pertains to what I just told the client the other day or, you know, or or I'll think as I'm explaining to my kids, this is just like a conversation I had with so and so the other day, because it often is like. What I'm trying to do is give them a great foundation and a good formation. And when I am working with clients, a lot of times we're resetting a foundation because, again, it hasn't been taught to them this way when they were kids or and and or it was. But throughout their adulthood and and even throughout their other years of childhood, other things got cluttered up in there. You know, we saw women's fitness at the checkout line and we started thinking low calorie was good or whatever. So when I'm talking to my kids, what it actually looks like is I'll say something like, well, you're going to feel sick if you have a lot of desserts. So make sure you just pick, you know, one or two of there. Like if we're at a family party and there's five desserts out, I'll say, oh, you know, your your stomach is going to upset you if you eat too much sugar. So just pick like, you know, one or two treats that you really want. Or um, sometimes this is kind of tied into just our personal family vibe here going on because we don't do we try not to do treats like like cupcakes or like whatever um 
because obviously treats can be relative. They have muffins and things like that, like my healthier homemade stuff. But we don't do, you know, a lot of just treats unless it's a Sunday or a holy day or like a birthday, something, a baptism day, something a little extra, right? So it's made it really easy, actually, because I thought that was going to have much more of an upper, but that's kind of just what we've always done. So they are, they accept this so easily. Like my two-year-old will say, is it treat day? And I'll say, nope, it's Friday. Okay, Sunday treat day? Yes, Sunday's a treat day. You can have that on Sunday. So if they see a treat they like or they want me to make something, they'll be like, oh, can you make that Sunday or can we have that on a treat day? So they just know that it's not all the time. Like we're not always doing that. However, if it was, you know, some kind of special day and mom makes cookies after dinner, like that's cool. Or we have those one-off times of, hey, let's make this. That'll be fun or whatever. But it's not in the norm. So literally just talk to your kids like you would explain it to any other. Obviously, many of you are not. (laughs) That's also my profession is to explain this to people. And it may not be in your profession, but think about that. Like when your kid asks you a question about something hard that you haven't talked to, to them about, you know, yet if they ask you about death or something like that, where you're like, oh, okay, how do I explain this? You're going to explain what it is. You're just going to scale it down to their level. So I try to do the same thing with nutrition. Okay. Number two is I tell them the why. Again, just like I do with my clients. Um, I always try to explain the why. So it's not just, oh, eat this amount of protein. And you're like, well, why? So I'll do that with my kids. Even if, um, say that's a good example (laughs) at lunch or dinner, you know, if I don't know what your kids do, but my kids will typically want to eat the fruit first and then, you know, or like the carb, if I have a carb on there, same thing. But if it's like rice or um, bread or something, they'd, you know, rather eat that before the meat typically. And we do, um, I didn't even put this in here or think I'd talk about that, but we do have a like, you, you can't leave the table until X kind of a policy where if they have like let's say we had pulled pork a roll uh peppers because i love peppers and um what's a fat i don't know can't think of one and cheese okay and like string cheese which i don't do string cheese at dinner but i just needed a quick fat and they say hey mom can i be excused and i'll take a look at their plate i'm not going to force them to finish the roll okay so i'm going to give them i'm going to say you have to have you know two more bites of pork and eat your pepper or something like that. Like we always prioritize the protein and the vegetables. But so if they ask why on that, like, well, why do I have to eat my pork? Pork has protein and protein's really good for your muscles. So I want you to have big, strong, healthy muscles so you can wrestle daddy. Bing, they eat it. They're excited about it, right? And it depends like what we're talking about. I'll also say if they're like, why can't I have three cupcakes? Well, too much sugar is bad for your immune system and your probably going to get sick. And I don't want you to have to like be sick and stay in bed. That sounds like a bummer. That's literally, these are exact sentences that I've said to my kids. And it's funny because now, so my kids are five, almost three and one. The five-year-old will say it to the almost three-year-old. He'll be like, Joey, don't have, you can't have ice cream because you already had a cupcake and your belly will get sick. And it's true. I mean, it's funny when we, we went on vacation a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that on the last podcast too, and I told my little fire story. You can tune in if you didn't listen to that one. The meek is not weak one. But um, I had just said on the way down, my husband and I were talking about it. I was like, Ben, they've literally gotten sick like once this year. I mean, knock on all the wood, which I know that that's not really a religious thing to do. And I don't actually think that knocking on wood does anything. But I'm just saying that we 
have been really blessed to not have a lot of sickness. And I was like, they one. I literally remember one time them having a cough and having a runny nose. I'm like, in a whole calendar year, like winter included. I'm like, that was probably their healthiest year of their lives. And don't you know, I said it on the way to vacation and then vacation. That's another time we we lighten the reins and they know it's a temporary thing. That's when they get, you know, cereal for breakfast, not like crazy sugary ones, but still cereals exciting to them. Fruit snacks, which we only buy for vacation. Like that's not a staple around our house. So it's super exciting, like those kinds of things. And um, they, sorry, hitting my coffee. We, I don't know if it was that plus the lack of sleep plus whatever. I mean, it was later hours. They were tired. Again, all these things weaken your immune system. We came home and everybody had a cold that week. So it does have a point. I mean, there's a reason we're trying to even care about our kids' nutrition for so many ways you're setting them for foundation, but it's true. And actually, just to see that played out was wild. I just talked about it. Then they ate a lot more sugar that week than they were used to, and everybody came home sick. So anyways, I do tell them the why. Say So whether it's for a good thing or a bad thing, if I'm trying to tone something down like the sugar, I will tell them why. Also for a good thing, like like protein and fat, I'll say that too. Like, no, you have to brunch. We do Sunday brunch. And usually there's some kind of egg combo. There's some kind of then carb, like waffle or pancake or toast or something. And same thing there. They don't have to finish the carb because maybe they're actually full. But we'll say, have a couple bites of your eggs. Why? Eggs are good fat. They're really good for your brain. I want you to be smart. I want you to learn well, have some eggs. Like that's what it looks like in our house. And again, we're the gatekeepers. It's no, you're not leaving the table till you have a couple bites of eggs and that's it. You know, if they're say they're truly full, we, we play this one, you know, kind of by ear and you all can obviously do what you want. And as always take what you want from this podcast and leave the rest. I try to give them reasonable portions that I think are reasonable for their current growing body and like knowing what else they ate that day and all that stuff. But again, we prioritize the things we want them to eat. So if they've, you know, if they're pounding their waffle and haven't touched their eggs, we'll say, hey, slow down on your waffle and have a couple bites of eggs. Or if we think they are truly full, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to wrap this up for you and you can have this for your next meal because we still want them to have whatever it was that we think is healthy enough that they have to have. And that's going to make them start prioritizing eating the healthier things as well. I know that could like make them then hate that food or whatever and That happens very few times. I feel like with our two-year-old, we've done it like once, and our five-year-old, we've done it maybe not even, you know, not even a handful of times, just maybe a couple of times that we knew that, you know, he was really just eating what he wanted to eat and ignoring the other thing, and then, oh, I'm full, so whatever it was for dinner came back out at breakfast, and that's how we did that one. But we do try to tell the why for the good and the bad, like with protein or specific vegetables like you know you can't just eat because I'm also trying to get them to eat and encourage them to eat a variety of foods so if they say like why can't I always have peppers why do I have to have carrots or this or that or different like leafy greens I'll explain to them why because leafy greens have a lot of calcium and it's really good for your bones I don't want you to fall and break a bone when you're on the monkey bars have your spinach and then you can leave the table but do you want you know some dressing on that like I try to make it as appealing as it can because guess what there's a lot of things I don't want to eat either But I, you know, use the same tricks and tools. I'll put dressing on it. I'll put a sauce on it, whatever. So, you know, okay, eat eat your carrots. They have vitamin A and they're really good for your eyes. But do you want, do you want hummus or do you want blue cheese with it? Like I'll always give an option and try to make it more appealing. Okay, next little pillar here. I have two more. Um, Because this woman also specified like not wanting to label certain, certain foods good or bad. 
and I don't personally do that because I also have worked with a lot of clients who are trying to kind of unwire their brain from thinking that like, oh, well, I always just thought good foods, bad foods for so long that that's really their diet mentality now is like, no, I'm eating healthily so I can only eat good foods. I can't ever eat bad foods. Then they're not able to eat the 80-20 lifestyle that I promote, which I should have mentioned that again at the beginning of this podcast. If you're newer to me, I, in general, with my kids, with myself, promote an 80-20 lifestyle, 80% whole clean foods. So from a ground or from a mother, not from a box that says paleo, keto, sugar-free, whatever. True foods, fruits, vegetables, meats, etc. That's 80% of our food. 20% can be treats, indulgences, etc. This is where this gets interesting because there are some foods that I just think are awful that you never really need to have in your diet, right? Let's say McDonald's is one of them. I don't think that needs to be in anyone's 20%. That's a funny thing because we have never taken them to a McDonald's, would never plan to take them to a McDonald's. However, they went to McDonald's with a grandparent. Am I going to be that person that has a heart attack and says, like, my kid can never have McDonald's. In five years, he had McDonald's once. I don't think he's going to die from it, right? Obviously, again, this is all everyone's personal opinion and personal thresholds. That's not something that's big enough deal to me if he has it once a year for the next five years or something until he decides he probably doesn't want it. Then that's not really the world's biggest deal to me. Like, it's going to be okay if his 80% is really good all the time. So there are some things like that that I would consider we never really have to have. And I've actually, I've already had that talk with our oldest to say, mom and dad are never going to take you there that we don't think it's healthy for you because it's not, but we explain the why this kind of goes back to the last one. It's not real food. So, you know, your body doesn't really know what to do with it. It's kind of like they've done studies where it literally just looks the same after three years. So we don't think that's healthy to put in your body and we just don't really need it. There's other foods you can have. And that's fine. Like, I don't think that's enough to make him want to move out and eat McDonald's every day of his life because he was, you know, so sheltered from it. I don't think that's gonna be the one that makes or breaks it. And we do talk about that with processed foods too. We've explained like processed food, is made, literally created to make us crave it. So we've talked about that one because actually already, like again, my five-year-old has said, I just, it tastes so good. I'm not even that hungry anymore, but I just still really want more of it because it's so good. And I've said, yeah, it's literally made to do that to you. So we've had these conversations again, just like I would with an adult, just at that appropriate level. But in general, unless it's really an extreme one that I don't think should ever, which I think truly is limited to like, spam and (laughs) McDonald's and stuff. I think other things are appropriate to fit in the 20%, like ice cream and cookies and whatnot, more of those kinds of things. We have explained and I'll explain that it's a sometimes food. You can have those things sometimes and little portions, but too much of it's going to make you sick. And for all the reasons I already mentioned of, you know, but we'll say they're, they're sometimes foods. We don't say good or bad. It's What's really great and really healthy for us is food that's, and I've already used that terminology, from the ground or from a mother. That's what's really great for us. And then other foods and treats and things like that can be sometimes foods, and that's fine. And then lastly, most importantly, and what I opened talking about to drive it home, is what we do is going to matter more. So my husband and I do try to walk the walk and talk the talk that that's what they are seeing us do. They are seeing us eat 80% whole clean foods and have treats sometimes. And then we try to, you know, present it in the most balanced way too. I'm very aware of that when I personally just don't like something that is a treat and I don't really want to eat it because I'm like, I don't really want to waste calories on that because I don't super like it. 
I'm still cognizant of the fact that I have a bunch of little eyes on me. And if they're taking in that, like, oh, mom never has treats, I don't want it to look like that either. So sometimes, even if it's not my most favorite thing in the world, I'll have a little bit of it because I just want to demonstrate that I do sometimes have treats. But my sons asked me that about some things. Uh, I can't think of – it wasn't donuts because I do eat donuts. There's something that they all have for a treat every once in a while, and I never have it. And one day he said, like, Mom, how come you never have whatever it was? And I was like, it's just not really my favorite thing. I'm not crazy about it, so it's not worth it to have it, you know, for a treat for me. Like, we all have different preferences, which is just true. Obviously, all of us have different preferences. So we just try to explain it. We try to show them what eating balanced in a balanced way looks like and – we do watch our words. Again, body image, I think, and, and working out is a whole nother conversation. But those, that is not, you know, we're never talking about food in a negative way of like, I'm so stuffed now I feel like a fat loser. I don't know. Like, I don't know what people say. But some people do. It is appalling when I'll hear like what some other people say of like, oh, I feel like a stuffed pig. Because, you know, we just don't really talk like that. And sometimes we'll say, I mean, if we really you know, did overdo it. I also wouldn't be shy to say that. Like, oh, mom should not have had that second piece of cake because now I'm too full. Like, because that would be good modeling too, is that I should have had more self-control because now I don't feel great. You know, just kind of sharing it as you go appropriately um, and in a way that is going to encourage them to want to eat healthier, right? If you're also making healthy eating look awful, like, oh, this salad, I really want a steak, but I'm eating this salad. First of all, you should be eating the steak because it's protein and fat. But you know what I mean? Like just that example of how you're painting the things too. I love food. I love cooking. I love different flavors and aromas and seriously everything about it. I read food memoirs. Like food is such a big part of my life and obviously their life. They're eating it all the time. We're all literally eating food every day, most days, that – I also want them to enjoy it and not have this taste in their mouth of mom was always weighing things or, you know, struggling with things. Or one time I walked in the room and mom was shoving food in her mouth and then was mad at me for walking in. That rings a bell with any people. Like, that's not a great vibe to be thrown out that they never see you having treats. But then when the second they leave the room, you're scarfing down a bunch. Like, we just... And again, there's no judgment here. We're all doing the best we can do. And we're all trying to better ourselves a little bit every day. And uh, that's just the nature of the game. Our kids are going to see that happening. We're not going to be, if you struggle with food, it's not going to be an overnight thing that your your kids see a perfect model of food. They're going to probably see you struggle a little bit until you get to a place where maybe you're not struggling as much anymore. And I think that's okay to share with them too. But um. Big topic, really big meaty topic that, again, I just kind of tried to boil down to what do we actually do in daily life and what does that look like here? So I hope that was helpful and I would love to hear, you know, what some of you do and maybe how this looks different or or things that if they were different or the same, I would love to hear from you seasoned moms too, because I know there's so many of you who listen to the podcast who now have teenagers or older children out of the home and things like that, how their relationship with food has kind of turned out because I only have a five-year-old and, you know, there's no show of success yet on how the relationship with food as an adult is going to play out. So I'd love to hear from any of you as well. Shoot me an email at fitmomlifetothefullest at gmail.com or you can message me on Instagram is probably the best platform. All right. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you ladies next episode. I hope you have a great rest of your day and a great weekend. 